A yogi bear is a yoga doing bear. Okay, and thank you for that piece of wisdom, Um She notified me that people who do yoga are yogis, and that was what came into my brain. <laughs> Hi, I'm I B. Mean... <laughs> Hello, I am Rachel. You might know us from the other two episodes of this that Hopefully. <laughs> if you're watching Hopefully this and you haven't we, watched the other two, like, what are you doing? <laughs> if you're watching this at all, thank you very yeah, much. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the support, but, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so we actually do have a topic this time mm, we had a topic um, last time it just went out of control yeah as most things do because we are out of control i am out of control so <laughs> so our topic today is the wonderful world of dungeons and dragons i was going to do the game of thrones theme tune but i genuinely couldn't think what it was i don't know what it is actually i do Okay, I'm happy now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Dungeons and Dragons, otherwise referred to as D and D, which we have subtly mentioned in every single thing we've done thus far. Rachel will explain the concept of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so a brief summary of what Dungeons & Dragons is. Dungeons & Dragons is a tabletop roleplay game or a tabletop RPG game where the players create a character based off of different classes and species and stuff that that are usually within the player's handbook. Uh, The player can create pretty much any character they want. They have a lot of scope. Uh, A character has an alignment, which is where, like, the memes of, like, chaotic neutral and shit come from. And it's pretty fun. And then you have somebody called a dungeon master, which sounds a lot kinkier than it is. It is in my case. Um, well, unless you're Lily, who is our resident dungeon master. Hi. She'll go into a bit more about that in a minute. But basically, you take your character, you play as your character, you go on adventures in the land of make-believe, and you roll dice and have a lot of fucking fun. Lily, please take over and explain what a dungeon master is. So, as the dungeon master, I come up with the stories and what the players go through. Um, and then when they fuck up my story, um, I mend <laughs> the it. The trauma that we go through. The trauma that we <laughs> go through because we fuck up their I, story. I, I mend what I can and I change my story on the fly. It's good for insp- improvisation. It's good for storytelling. Because, obviously, as a dungeon master, you don't control the characters, so you can't force a character to do something out of character, because your players will be in character, hopefully. And if they're not, then all of the rest of the players will call them out for doing something out of character. Yeah. Um, so it's good for people telling stories, and um, it's also used in therapy sometimes. To help people who struggle um, seeing other people's point of views, you know, like sociopathy, psychopathy, um, other conversationalist disorders, gain communication skills because you communicate with players and um, <laughs> non-player characters. Um, 
in the way to get there and then you have to converse with the DM to tell them what you want to do as the character. So it's sort of like a both educational and fun. Yeah, she makes it sound a lot more civilized than it is. Yeah, it's really the not. first. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of just fucking about with friends. And I mean, I'll I'll use my character as an example. The character I'm currently playing is an elf. Uh, high elf. She's fucking. She's a high elf, so she's extra. She's a high elf. She's noble, born, which means she got money, and she. She's referred to as the scary one purely because of the bard in our group being an intolerable bastard. And that's you I am talking to, Wally. I am calling you out, motherfucker. (laughs) She's biased because she plays I am a bard in real life. Don't fight me on this. (laughs) To be fair, though, to be fair, I think like 99.9% of theatre kids are all bards in real life. So. Oh yeah, because you solve all your problems by <laughs> pretending something is real, minor illusion. Or you solve your problems by singing at people to try and motivate them, which is just cheerleading, let's be fair. I mean, there is a whole thing with inspiration where you get points if you sing Bardic people. inspiration, one of the best fun you will ever have, because everyone else will be dying and you as a bard will just be singing high school musical songs and making them stop die. Well, helping them, yeah. So yeah, that's the basic, basic, kind of convoluted way of explaining D- D&D. Um, yeah, we, we wanted to talk about it because, first of all, we've been subliminally messaging people in every other episode <laughs> to fucking play D&D. Play D&D. Um, but on top of that, we wanted to talk a little bit about why we love D&D, which I think we are already doing, mm-hmm. and two, some stories, and three, also a little bit Ooh, slightly deep content. Ah. <laughs> the stigmas around D&D and why we think that is and why we think it's why stupid. Why I think it's bullshit. First thing I want to say is a couple of funny stories about D&D and like mostly like memories of like playing D&D with friends mm. and all that good stuff because good some wholesome content wholesome in there. Content. First story I want to say is I just, this is going to sound bad considering what I just said about Wally, but (laughs) I don't hate Wally. I just hate his characters. He makes characters that are everything he was stopped being for by bullies, basically. His characters all come from the derivative feelings he feels that he can't be (laughs) from when he was bullied. No. I wasn't expecting you to go there. Has. (laughs) I have, and I will explain why. He. (laughs) Lovely boy. Very camp. We uh, love you. We <laughs> love you. But she's not wrong. Incredibly camp. So he was bullied most of his school years for being camp. So and for being from a part of Pembrokeshire that is known for being a bit rough. So got labelled a criminal quite often. Um so all of his characters are rogues, which are the thief class. Or are performers, which are known for being <laughs> camp. <laughs> so he can be who he wants. It's all the whole point of D&D. Which we love. Basically, the first episode of this campaign that we've done, which I think is safe to say is the first proper campaign where we've actually given up. We're playing with a slightly different group. We love our original group, the Bean Can. But... Quite obviously. Some of us are... <laughs> Uh, a lot more enthusiastic than others when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, 
which is by no means saying that we won't play with them again. We definitely will, but I in think general. actually at the moment it's just some of us have a lot more time and internet connection yeah. than some of us who live in the middle of nowhere at the moment or have a job. But yeah, anyway, so the first episode of this of this campaign, which is what the games I think say fucking episode, I meant session, session. Like the first time we played this campaign. So a campaign is like the overarching story of the characters. It can last anywhere between one session to fucking a hundred sessions. It kind of depends on where you're Some of them last for and what's Yeah. Like uh Critical Role, big example of D D. Uh, is a Twitch stream, and they have had two campaigns that have lasted over the space of like six years. So, mm. lots of fun. Um, and yeah, basically, the first episode, I met my friend Drisky's character, <laughs> who is a Goliath, a Goliath paladin called Tiny McSnufflebottoms. Cute. Yeah. Um, and I met Wally's character, Caspian, who is a half elf bard <laughs> who pretty much instantly pissed both of us off and so Drisky decided to throw a boot at him which I mean went about as well as you can imagine it was great it was iconic and it's become a thing now where he has an extra boot just so he can throw it at him Drisky changed his character design so that he had an extra boot on his belt so that he could throw it at Wally's character when yes. Wally's character is going mad. I also um pretty much from the get-go decided that my character was gonna have beef with the fact that his character likes to pretend he's a full elf and not a half elf. So <laughs> my character could be perceived as mildly racist. No, my character did not have issue with the fact that he was a tabaxi in the last campaign. The rest of the tieflings had an issue with it. I just hated him. For general so, reasons. So, in the first campaign we did, Wally also played a terrible character. Um, and he probably won't admit it, but they were all terrible characters, and I won't let him say any different. This is the DM um, wins, by the way. <laughs> in every sense of the word, the DM isn't it like wins. Oh yeah, if you if the DM doesn't like something about your character, <laughs> it's changing, or it's getting bad for you. Um, so I found his character slightly annoying because although Rogue is a class and they are the thief class. And there are certain types of characters who are more inclined to steal, like the tabaxi. Which, by the way, a tabaxi is a cat person. Automatically. Oh yeah, the, the a cat person thing. To constantly and at all points try and steal everything that somebody may or may not have on their body is terrible gameplay. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> because you're not letting the dm one give you the opportunity to talk to this person who may or may not have information for you also if you're constantly just stealing stuff from people either you'll constantly be in jail because it will go wrong because the dice do not save you oh by the way you have to roll dice to, or... to do things in dnd oh yeah uh, polyhedral dice set um, it's a long story we're not going to get into it but basically you roll proficiencies to see if you pass or fail kind of like fate yeah basically 
almost all the time you will roll a d20 which is a 20 sided dice and the dm will tell you what kind of proficiency you have to roll you have numbers assigned to it and if you roll a one it usually goes badly if it, you roll a 20 it usually goes very well there is very little <laughs> probability of you getting a 20 to be honest i know it should be like one in 20 but it usually no, isn't it's not. <laughs> in practice that doesn't work um <laughs> so most of the time you will fall on your ass and you will get sent to jail which almost always derails what the DM wanted you to do in the his session. So don't be that guy. Um, because DMs will not be favourable of your character if you're being a brat. <laughs> Pretty um, much, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not always a DM. Actually, I never wanted to be a DM. Um, I will be eventually, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I fell into the role. Um, because I was the only one ha that had played it before in our group. Um, so automatically I knew a little bit more than the others, so they said to just basically walk them through it. Um, so as a DM, I talk to them a lot more through problems than a usual DM will. And if they're going to do something that's going to get them killed, I will tell them. Um, <laughs> rather than just killing their characters. Which we appreciate, we love you. <laughs> Please don't kill us. Um, once you get on higher levels, I'll stop telling you things. But Oh god, we're gonna die. Yeah. Um, we're not gonna make it though. You realise we're not no. gonna make it though. <laughs> but the point of... Um, yeah, so I've never been... I Before the, being DM for these people, I was never a DM, and to be honest, as a player I wasn't very focused, because I can't yeah. focus on one thing at a time. So <laughs> for all of my Dungeon Dragon sessions, I'd bring a book with me and I'd draw drawings in the book of like the characters or mm. whatever I thought about. Um, so <laughs> I never focus very well, so all of my information about D&D is half-baked. Which is fine, <laughs> because no two DMs will ever be the same, and um, everyone- basically there are no rules to D&D apart from you have to roll dice at some point. Yeah, pretty much. And it's turn-based, so is a turn-based fight system. If you do fight, there are some D&Ds that don't actually have any battles in them. Which, I mean, part of me is like, that sounds cool, but at the same time, that also sounds really... They're more puzzle-based. Mm. So the characters have to work out why they are where they are, and then work out how to get out of the place they are. Yeah. I feel like that just wouldn't work with us. <laughs> no, you guys like fighting for some reason. This campaign that I'm doing for them currently is a sort of rip-off of a campaign that I did way back in my beginning. Where um, there is a cave that has appeared out of nowhere, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and the we group go into the cave and um, they explore the cave and there's different rooms so in this one that i did with my old campaign <laughs> we were searching through the cavern 
and we went into one of the um, hallways. It was like we all decided to go left. And when we went in there, there was this goo on the floor. Joy. And um, I learned very quickly to look up. So I looked up and around. <laughs> general general rule of thumb. Pro tip, always look up. Because things hide on ceilings. up and around. Yeah, always perceive what's around you. That's in life as well as D&D. Um, yeah. The, I was like, look up, look around. And they were like, you see the same red gooey walls and, the sa- and there's some kind of brown goo on the floor. And I was like, nice description, Livy. Um, <laughs> joy, 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 joy. And they were like, um, what do you guys do? One of the other people in the campaign uh, said they wanted to pick it up and sniff it. No! I don't know this story. I don't think I know this, this story. This is the same story. This is just in more detail. Oh, joy, okay. They pick up the, 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 the goo and they roll very badly. They roll a four or something. Oh, God. Which we were all like, why does he have to roll to sniff something? That's surely not a skillful action. Oh, but that, it's means, because... that means it's going to go wrong. That means it's going to go very, very wrong. Yeah. You always get questioned when a DM is like, roll for it. You're like, no. If, if you ask to do, so, if you ask if you're allowed to do something, and they come back with, so, and it's it's something that seems simple and that you should just be able to do it, and they they come back with either you have to roll it, or they ask you if you actually want to do it. Like if they ask you, <laughs> are you sure? You should back the hell up. Do not do it. Gone, Never. Are you sure? Mostly, mostly to Wally. Occasionally to me. So, Mostly to Wally and Lewis because they're fucking menaces. <laughs> love you, but you're a fucking you, menace. He rolled. He rolled really badly. He picked this stuff up and shoved it in his own face, and it was <laughs> glorious. Oh <my> God. <laughs> and from that, we found out that this was dragon shit. Well, gla- dragon shit. Oh, oh. It was kobold oh. shit, which is small dragon, otherwise referred to as Nazi babies in our campaign. Yeah, that's how I described them <laughs> at one point. I was like, so we're in their toilet. Because they're sort of bat-like creatures, you can have winged versions of them. I was like, so we're in their toilet, what are we going to do? There's only one exit to this, and I'm pretty sure they heard him scream that he just got shit in his face. Lovely, glorious, wonderful. So they're going to be on their own, <laughs> they're going to be on their way. So we were trying to devise some kind of escape plan, and these t- these kobolds were coming down the front, and I was with a wizard, a barbarian tree person, a small bird that couldn't talk, who was also a monk. What? And me. He was a Kenku. Oh, okay. Um, which I'm not explaining. You can look that up. Kenkus basically don't have the ability to speak themselves. They just mimic other people. Yeah. They're kind of like parrots. Randomly, in a fit of panic, anxiety, and trying to be funny, said, why don't we throw their own shit at them? And my whole <laughs> campaign went, ooh! <laughs> Oh god, I've got a feeling my brother had something to do with that. Yeah, he was one of the main components of this. He was like, so if I pick it up and throw it at them, (laughs) what happens? And Livy was like, I mean, you can. I'm not going to (laughs) stop you. (laughs) Which is also not a good sign. I was like, what? No, we're not doing this. And then I kept on laughing at it. So they thought I was encouraging them, which I wasn't. And my brother was like, oh, I, you can, guys can use my cape to 
put the, the stuff in and use it as like a slingshot. So I held my character what held one side of this cape that then was stuffed with dragon poo. Shit. Yeah, um, dragon shit. And the barbarian held the other side of it. And the wizard just went, why don't we light it on fire? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh damn. He then went, roll for it. And as oh we've God. discussed, that is not a good phrase. I'm right, just, I've got to clarify. If people might think that I overreact when I laugh to some of the things that Lily says, but we are on video call right now, and if you could see her facial expressions, <laughs> you would be laughing just as hard as I am. Her face, <laughs> the hand gestures, just the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah, he says, roll for it to um, Chloe, who was playing the wizard. And I was like, oh damn, oh no, what's going to happen now? She gets a natural 20. Oh! Beautiful. Yay! We were so excited. We were like, what's gonna once, happen? Once, once you get involved in D&D, that becomes like the most exciting thing ever. Because <laughs> you get add-ons to whatever you roll, or minuses, depending how good you are at something. So having a natural 20 is the best you can ever do, depending on how they grade it, but that's the best you can do in general. 99% so of the time. Yeah, having the natural 20 was brilliant. Because Livy had just... They had just said that um, the kobolds were entering the room and it was like a horde of 20 of them and we were only level one, so we weren't going to survive, basically. So, um, you two have to roll strength as well. And we were like, okay, okay. We rolled strength. We got both got mediocre, so we were like, ooh, how is this going to pan out? They were like, you throw it in the air, Chloe lights it on fire and has all of the kobolds coming to the room they are sprayed with fiery shit which is a phrase that i need more often in everyday conversation <laughs> not only are they sprayed with their fiery shit it's their own fiery shit <laughs> which we are all really excited which makes about. it ten times better and they all die instantly because that is burn damage baby and we were all <laughs> screaming <laughs> Because that was basically our first fight was ended with my terrible joke that wasn't meant to work. Wow, that just reminds me of like, not quite as iconic as that, but another kobold encounter <laughs> that we had in our campaign was when basically the whole objective was we went into this cave to find this lady that had been kidnapped by the kobolds, otherwise known as Nazi babies. And we had me who was a high elf fighter who was pretty cool, I must say, because I am very biased. We had Drisky, who was the Goliath paladin called Tiny, who was very helpful because, you know, big, strong boy. <laughs> we had the Bard. I feel like you have a bias against the Bard. The Bard. Who. <laughs> I love Bards, just, I think TikTok and Wally have <laughs> ruined them for me. We have Wally, who's been rolling his damage wrong the whole time. And then we have Lewis, who is a. Uh, a wizard, a half-elf wizard. The thing about wizards, which we always forget, is that they have absolutely terrible HP, and for those that don't know, HP is hit points, which means how many times you can get mm. hit without dying, pretty much. Um, and every time, like, an NPC, which is a non-player character, which is the characters that are controlled by the DM, attacks you, they roll that, you roll damage, and that tells you how much like HP you lose. Basically, we didn't realize that he has like eight HP while all of us had like 30 HP. Um, so we were like, we're fine, this is great. So we got the girl, we were about to leave and then we get attacked by like 20 of these dragon people. Um, 
And then, basically, I was trying to be diplomatic. The diplomacy wasn't working, so Lewis decides to shoot missiles into the man's chest, killing him instantly. And then, much to our annoyance, because one, he's fucked up and killed the dude, and two, white, like, what the fuck, um, he decides to put shield on, so he casts a magical shield over himself, and then he <laughs> hides behind me! And I'm At this still point, like, they don't know he's being wise here. So, they just... They, I know, because as the DM, I get everyone's sheets saying what their, like, attack is and everything. So I know he's being smart about this. The rest of them think he's being a dick. Because <laughs> he didn't tell anyone. So basically, earlier on in the session, he had to try and jump like with a, a rope swing over this pit of electrical shit and he failed and he didn't die but he lost a couple of hit points now again we have 30 hit points he has eight so when we lost three hit points we were like that's fine we still have like over 20 we're good yeah lewis lost three hit points he went from eight <laughs> to five he started hiding which is fair enough we didn't realize that he would need to so we all do our attacks, we start killing people, it's all it's all going well. And then Lewis, we're like, Lewis, fucking do something! Like, ah! So he's like, fine, fuck! So he does something, and then in retaliation gets hit, and he goes, and as it hits me, I am now unconscious. And we're like, like, all three of us just like, jaw drops, like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, I probably should have mentioned I'm a wizard. <laughs> Wizards are shit. It's very difficult to keep alive. They're not terrible. They're just no. incredibly difficult to keep alive. <laughs> Wizards are what is commonly known as squishy. Squishy. Oh, squishy. Yes. <laughs> so basically, they're very powerful magical casters, so they can cast a lot of magic spells, which is very useful. But unfortunately... They're also very squishy, which means that they don't have very high HP, and unless you have armor and magical items to keep you alive and somebody that can keep healing you, yeah, if you're a wizard, you're gonna fucking come very close to death very often. Um, yeah, so he died. <laughs> he didn't die, he was knocked unconscious. Yeah. Which means, basically in D&D, when you get knocked unconscious, you have to do something called a death saving throw. We're not going to do very well at describing any of the technical stuff of D&D, mm. so I'm going to get Lily to link Handbook a Helper from Critical Role. Yeah. Um, so if you want to know, watch the series called Handbook a Helper by Critical Role. It will explain a lot more than we do. And um, the shit guide to D&D, that's also going to be and, and, yeah, that will be linked as well, because that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, basically, he's passed out. We're like, what the fuck just happened? So... We, like, we end up killing all the dudes, barely. Uh, Caspian gets one hit point, I think, or, like, three hit points by the end of yeah. it. Because he's still not great. The girl gets knocked out. But, luckily, the paladin has this thing called lay on hands, which sounds sexual. <laughs> it's not sexual. Um, Paladins are the least sexual of all of the classes. They're, they're basically warrior, like, monks, but without being monks, because that's another class. They're so not like, monks, but they also have a vow of celibacy, most of them. Yeah, and so he, he heals them enough to, like, wake them up and get them out. <laughs> to which we get out, we get back to the pub, or the tavern, the inn, whatever you want to call it, and we give the girl back to the bloke we were supposed to give the girl back to. They that decide makes it to sound get... like he owned it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> 
He was he was he gave him back his property. <laughs> <laughs> no, we gave we basically we re- we returned the girl to her friend slash boss. Who was who was worried about her? There we go. That sounds. He less was good. a magician. He she was his magician's helper, assistant thing. Assistant. Yes, that that's what I was trying to describe. But I'm inept. Um, <laughs> but, and then they decided the two people that were on the worst, like the, very close to death, as in like one or two hit points away from being unconscious and or dying. They decided now was a good time to get absolutely fucking shit faced, mm. which. As you can imagine, was not. And then because the wizard is a wizard, he is absolutely shit-faced at this point, <laughs> decides to go invisible. He's as in- stealing pints off of the side of the tavern, the bar, yeah. and he's just pretending he's not there. And watching yeah, everyone else get drunk and have fun. All meanwhile, Rachel and Drisky's character are trying to save the person they just saved from the cult members again. Yeah, because now there's fucking cult members. Before there was dragon people that we assumed were in a cult, and now they're a cult member. We're like, what is happening? We've met this other bloke who is a dragonborn, which is different to a kobold, and it's all very confusing, but the <laughs> dungeons... The, the guide to D&D will explain things. Good times with D&D. Now let's talk about uh, maybe the reason that a lot of people don't want to play D&D. Yeah, the stigma about D&D. So obviously... D&D gets a bit of a weird rep. Uh, just, I'm not weird. gonna, I'm not gonna get into it, but I am gonna mention it. There was a whole thing in the 80s when it first became popular <laughs> called the Satanic Panic because weird Christian groups in America thought that we were worshipping Satan. That was a whole thing. We're not gonna get into that. But basically, ever since then, it's been considered very, very nerdy for one, which it still is. Let's, let's not be let's be real about it but also it's considered like the epitome of like weird or freakish or people consider it so strange i think because you kind of have to become your character in a weird way it's it's weird because it's become more of a a popular thing in in nowadays because of things like stranger things where they played it in the beginning and Mm. stranger things was a huge show yeah, and, and like it basically showed it in a better light than yeah. any person had, but it's still kind of viewed as a nerd thing to play. Yeah, which is weird because a lot of theatre kids like it, mm. which I don't think nerds and theatre kids are the same thing. I think they're not mutually exclusive, definitely. Yeah, but they, the point of the game is to is escapism and communication. And being a character, so a lot of people who like acting um, generally do it. A lot of people who like costuming generally do it because you can dress up if you want. We don't uh, tend to, but a lot of writers like doing it because, as the DM, you learn a lot of storytelling skills. Yeah, a lot of people who want to go into directing or filmmaking go do it because you get a lot of story making skills. Exactly. It's just- <laughs> It's full of things that, when you look at them in any other context, are considered a good thing. But when you put it in the connotation of playing Dungeons and Dragons or playing any kind of tabletop RPG, because it's not just Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. are instantly like frowned upon, and it really annoys me. Somebody that I absolutely love, who is like almost breaking the mold of like what you consider to be a classic Dungeons and Dragons player, is Joe Manganiello. Yes, that man is a god. He's I god. don't know who that is. So, the ladies might know him. Uh, he's from Magic Mike XXL and Magic Mike, both of them. Uh, he's the hot fireman. 
for those that want to know. And he plays Dungeons & Dragons, and he is a That's huge so fan of Dungeons & Dragons. He is also a dungeon master, and he loves it. And he's he has a, a whole gaming company called Death Saves, where they make, like, gaming apparel. It's not necessarily stri- strictly for gamers, but it's, like, based around Dungeons & Dragons, and it's fucking hmm. cool. Uh, and he's just great. He's a great guy. And you He played on Critical Role as a guest star. So again, Critical Role is a Twitch stream where they play Dungeons & Dragons. But it's not just regular people. It's voice actors doing it. So um, if okay. you're listening to it, listening to it, it feels like you're just watching a show. Because yeah. they're very... They're brilliant storytellers. And they're always in character as the voices. Yes, which is so fun. Well, almost can... always in character. Obviously, if they're just talking between them or like trying to figure stuff out, then they're just themselves. But most of the time, whenever there's an interaction between characters, they talk in character. And it's great. Uh, I highly recommend you can watch Campaign 1 and Campaign 2 on their YouTube channel. <laughs> I feel like there's this stereotype of this boy with, you know, like a nerd, basically, mm. who is telling like you caricature. like you can't tell you can't talk to me out of character you can't do this it's against the rules you you, oh, you need to behave lawyer. yourself Ugh. you need to do this and it's like no <laughs> most you dms do whatever the don't fuck you want, want you to stick directly to the rules because that's not fun fun is the things like what i just talked about mm. where i suggested something in jest and it became one of the best parts of the story Exactly. Things like my my bard in my first campaign took credit for the whole miss- mission at the end. She wrote a, a, a ballad about the, the story that we had just gone through and she ended with it and the best part is I did it alone. And <laughs> because she was so charming, because that's what I made her to be like, everyone believed it. So the rest of the campaign were angry as hell, and I got lots of money for it. (laughs) And that was so fun, because everyone didn't know how to react, because technically it's not against the rules, but it's not what you're supposed to do, because you're supposed to be like all buddy-buddy with the people you're with. But I didn't care as a character. I thought, no, my character's a bit boastful. She wanted everyone to think that she was... And that's exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like your character, what your character does, doesn't necessarily mean what you're gonna, what you would do, or what you're going. I mean, to do. you and Ka- Catherine as characters slept with the bartender to try and get yeah. free stuff out of him. Exactly. In real I life, I'm pretty sure you guys wouldn't do that. But I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. I don't, I, I'm not speaking for any other parties involved. We Bartenders, love you, Catherine. You're out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do love you, Catherine. Um, <laughs> but like. You wouldn't do it in real life, but because it's a no. game and there's no consequence, you just did it, and it my ended car- up good. My first, my first character was, I literally, I maxed her out on charisma. Her whole thing was that she was so charismatic, she made a man and his wife want to sleep with her simultaneously. <laughs> to which she then made them go off on their own time and have sex with each other. She was that fucking smooth she repaired a magic <laughs> she repaired a marriage with through with, sex appeal it was glorious and i 
with that in mind, I also managed to secure a place to stay for the rest of my party in their house for that evening, even if I didn't stay there because I was staying with the bartender. So it's like, I wouldn't do that. Lord knows, I'm I'm a mess when it comes to, to, <laughs> to flirting in that side of, of the world. But my character wasn't and I got to pretend to be great at it for a while, which was fun. And if you're in a supportive group and a healthy group of friends like we are, then you can do stuff like that. You can try different things out like that and they won't judge you and they won't consider what your character does to be what you would do. It is and no shame within a D&D campaign. Yeah, we hate, it's the thing, we hate all these characters because in yes. general they're shitheads. <laughs> and they piss us off because they don't listen to anything. But because it's just a game, Wally knows we love him as a person and the person that Wally is is amazing. But it's always interesting to have those characters as well. It's like, it's all part of it. And it is part of making somebody more aware of what world they live in because you're not always going to get on with the people that you have to work with. Exactly. And I think I kind of play up on the whole hating boys character because there are definitely times in the game where I'm like, oh, I low-key, I want to join in at the shenanigans, but my character wouldn't join in at the shenanigans. She would punch him, yeah. which she does a lot. Yeah. I slap him upside the head a lot, which has become a thing. He loses two HP every time I do it. Mm. <laughs> well, you do have to roll for it, but generally you roll enough to hit him. Yeah, pretty much every time. I have not failed that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of how the cookie crumbles, how the, how the dice be rolling. Although to an, to an extent, you do have to stay within the realms of what your character would do. Your character does not have to stay within the realms of what you would do. Like, I straight up murdered a guy on a whim yeah, just because I felt like it. He pissed me off. I wanted to kill him. So I did. In real life, I would not do that. I you control to. yourself enough to stop. Exactly. I wanted to, but I haven't. My character doesn't have that. She can control fucking fire, so of course she made him burn alive. Of course, if I control fire, I'd make people burn alive. Exactly. I would too. Maybe not all the time. I just like if I had that power in real life, I'd probably just like bring it under their toes or like under their ass or something just to give them a little bit of a fright. Like and you know, in, um, in Scooby Doo um, Ghoul School. Yes, 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 yes. The the little dragon thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I mean, as I've grown up, we're gonna get deep here. Ooh. Let me be. Let me vibe. Okay, letting you vibe. As. <laughs> As I've grown up, I've realised, coming off of a video I watched earlier by um, Contra Points about cringe culture. Shall be linked. Um, shall be linked. Cringe culture and people being <laughs> deflective and weird about stuff that you like. It's just them being insecure that they don't have the confidence to be who they are. Yeah. And to be whatever they want to be. But if you're secure in who you are, or what you want to do. You can do whatever you want. And D&D 1 can teach you that, but also is just fun and just escapism, like any other form of media. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is a really nice way of kind of summing it up, which we are gonna have to do now. We are gonna have to sum it up because we're coming up to our, we've, we've gone past all So we're it. going to do the end of podcast uh, referring to people. Um, Tom, Marsh oh God. wanted me. 
to tell everyone that I am a wuss because I don't like watching zombie movies because I am a babe, big baby person. But he you just wrong. wanted a shout out. He is wrong. He is categorically wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing that we could potentially give him credit for being correct about is like, the boy knows jazz. The boy does know jazz. And that's about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was one shout out I would like to that was the one yeah, shout out I, I would like to remind you that we will be linking Critical Role Critical Role's Handbook of Helper uh, Crap Guide to D&D will all be linked in the in the down bar which sounds fancy Ooh. yeah <laughs> and I'd like to do the friendship hour yes. this yes. week our mates, the Statue of Men, have released a few songs. Yay! And they're really good, and I'm really proud of them. They've, they've released some crazy cool demos. I'd like to tell Dan Maloney that, no, we are not Ashton's friends. We are fans of your band. Yeah, We God. really enjoyed the music. We were listening to it on call all together and vibing like anything. Whoop, so whoop. Um, <laughs> I will leave the link to their channel in the description as well. I hope that you all... All of you, go check it out. She's they giving you a stern weird. look. I'm pointing. <laughs> a point has been made. Yes, go check out Statues of Men. Go check out all the links that we've already said. Uh, Tom, you're wrong. And we love you guys. Thank you so much for the love and support that you guys have been giving us through this little... Well, basically, this project is an excuse for me to talk to Lily once a week minimum. Because I love her and I love <laughs> her forced. enough. I know the whole lockdown thing is kind of up in the air at the moment, but... You know, it's fine. We'll get through it. We're doing well. We're still here. I'm mildly going mad, but it's fine. I've got cranberry juice and Nutella. Um, <laughs> while you're sat at home, probably feeling kind of lonely, remember that we're all in this together, and just to be yourself is enough. And we'll all get through this eventually. Eventually. Yeah. See you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. I don't know why I did that. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> no. Okay. Bye, guys. Love you. Tra. <laughs>